Good evening, friends. Welcome to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Uh, good, Dennis. Are are you a? How do you drink your beer? Do you drink your beer in a in the bottle? Are you a can guy, or do you pour it into a glass? Um, a little bit of everything. So, um, as we talk about almost weekly, I live in a camper. Yep. And because of what? that, you do? I <laughs> I have packed away and tried to avoid purchasing or acquiring any fragile um, um, kitchenware. Oh, so do you have like, is most of your kitchenware plastics? Plastic or metal. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. But but obviously logical. Right. And Because um, I, like so my... I like a cold glass, like for my water or milk or anything. But sure. Yeah. I have a I have a metal water bottle that I got from work, Hydro Flask, um, and I have a ten ounce uh, Yeti tumbler. That's sort of my go to. I probably shouldn't do this, but I use it to drink coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. and then we'll use it to drink whiskey in an e- on a, of an evening. <laughs> sure. Um, and for beer, when I get beer, I always get cans oh, instead cans, of bottles, but... partly for the weight and having the the um the glass the potentially fragile glass and i also have a small trash can so i can mm-hmm. i can crush up cans oh right right um, camp, camp life is is totally different than you, you got to it's a little it's a little different now this past weekend i was down in tennessee for my niece's open house and uh my brother-in-law got some beers some oberons and and things in the fridge and um i poured those into my yeti cuz they'll they'll just fill it's kind of you know, it gets a little more head than I think a glass glass would do. But I think just because in a in a social situation, if I have my cup with me, I always know which drink is mine. There's oh, never yeah, any sure. uh, uh, confusion, and it's a little more stealthy, I guess. <laughs> in a, so bad. You know, with a lot of like parents and stuff. Not that there weren't plenty of people just with cans of beer, so it wasn't really that i just was always drinking out of the same cup just to make sure you know i was with my family all weekend there are a lot of little kids and several people like just getting over being sick or mm-hmm. just starting to get sick that kind of thing that happens when people get together and there are kids and they have runny noses and they touch everything uh, kids are the worst <sighs> hey so we got it we, got a, is, we had a fun show ahead. last week with our with our uh our, i don't say top movie picks but some of our favorites right that was yeah, I'm I'm certain if he hears it, we will hear from our buddy Cogswell. <laughs> right. Um, all all of all the things we didn't pick <laughs> for our lists or all of the movies that we uh completely misunderstand. Right. Um so I'm looking forward to that yeah. feedback. Well, then we then we so so this week we we uh, we've got got a couple things we're we're going to go through. We got uh I I did watch I admit that I finally got to watch Fletch. And uh, our, mm-hmm. our actual m- movie of the week, which was Confess Fletch. I, st- I still say that's a weird title for, for a movie. But you can't put a comma in a title. It just doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. Can you think of one that's got a comma that works? I, I can't really off the top of my head. Um, and then so, and we've gonna, we're going to have a, a, a guest on our show, um, a game developer by the name of Harrison Brooks, uh, who's developed a new game. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk with him for a little bit. Um, and we we might talk about Ted if we get some time, but but because uh, it was a, a good episode, that show's winding down uh, now this time. Um, but uh, 
Let's let's. Yeah, it's just a few episodes left. Yeah, right. So let's start with our show this week first. Wait, what do you say? Let's start with that. Sure. All right. This week, our uh, official movie was Confess Fletch. And for a minute, my brain was working on other titles with commas in it. I'm sure they're <laughs> Let's go back to that. One. Let's talk about that. It's, it's, it's uncommon for sure. I'm thinking of like... To Sir with Love. I never really got you to, to give you an opportunity to respond to that question, did I? Um, no, I've, I've just started racking my brain. Um, anyway, this is from last year, 22, um, starring John, John Hamm. John Hamm. This is, this is the uh, replacement for um, the, the, the world-famous actor, uh, which his name is escaping me right now. Uh, Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase. Why would I forget that? And... Not too many. There was one. There was one actress that I. Well, John Slattery is in a couple of scenes. Uh, so you know his co-star from Mad Men. Um, and there was at least one other that I recognized, but like from TV shows. Um, so not not one that. Uh, oh, and of course, um, Marsha Gay Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I most recently saw in uh, the Mist, the Stephen King adaptation, where right. she's she's playing a, a very like villainous kind of uh, um, religious extremist a little bit, mm-hmm. say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a sort of sequel. I wouldn't call it a sequel. I would call it like a James it's- Bond thing yeah it's it's more like yeah it's the story has nothing to do with the original movie stories but it is the same it's supposed it's meant to be the same character yeah um there are some nods like his lakers swag his hat and stuff yeah Um, i I like the james bond comparison i think that that works with uh like that they can um you know they can just make all these fletch movies and just have a different actor or the same actor whatever and then Right, self-contained stories with some themes that are all of the same. Right. Yeah, and I, um, I think we both did this. I, I watched this movie with uh, Trotsky and Fox when Fox was in town. Oh, but it was pretty. You watched this movie late. or the first one? I watched this new one. Oh, okay. Uh, we watched it out in Trotsky's backyard with the projector, and it was after we had gone out so i don't remember what night it was or some of us went out it was a monday then came, came back it was like the last yeah cuz he left on tuesday the last so it night was a monday, we were all right? there yeah. yeah so it was monday night um and it was late and we had been drinking so i only i didn't you know i remembered bits and pieces of the movie and i was like i think michael will like this and i'll watch it again to refresh myself on all of the stuff and then and then i also Went and watched the original because I'd never seen it. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting to compare the portrayal of the same character by these two different actors. Completely different um, actors. Yeah. Like, you know, there's some overlap between Chevy Chase and John Hamm, but Chevy Chase is much more comedic uh, an actor. Yeah. And John Hamm can be funny but is a little more of a of a dramatic actor i agree i also Um, watched both of them and and i had seen 
maybe the first 10 minutes of Fletch. Uh, it, this mm. feels like a movie that I would have watched in the past. And I, and I honestly cannot tell you why I haven't. Um, I can only think that I watched, like I said, the first 10 minutes and it wasn't what I wanted to watch at the time. So passed right. and moved on. Um, right. But I watched Fletch first and then Confess Fletch. Yeah, same. And I, I, I think I should have watched them opposite, honestly. <laughs> um, I think one, they're just so different from each other and it's 100% because of the actors. Um, yeah. Ugh. How, how yeah. do we want to start to talk John, on this one? I mean, you want to uh, talk about them individually together? Um, I, I think because of the nature of it, the, it's, I think it's just gonna, just gonna intermix sure. like the, the, the story. And we can talk about, I think we can talk about all of it without spoiling the story because the, the, the story is almost just a framework yeah. for, for the, 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 wait, the characters wait, and wait, there's a story that. I I missed that. I missed that. Right, part. right. Ex- exactly. The the story very much takes a backseat to just the characters and the character interactions. Um and so a lot of I mean, the thing that stood stands out most to me in my memory now cuz it's been a week and a half since I watched them. Um is the um just the difference in portrayal, right? Like John Hamm is a guy who plays, you know, he plays alpha males, right? He yes, has, he definitely has, right? As 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 the Gen Zs would say, he's got riz. Right? <laughs> okay, sure. He's sure he's he's confident and charismatic, and part of what to me was interesting about Mad Men is the fact that he, um you know so much of his life was and was an act was a ploy and that's part of the whole advertising metaphor i think that they were going mm-hmm. for there not to not to make mad men too more more than it was um and so i don't think he where where somebody like chevy chase is not it's not unattractive right he's tall relatively yeah. good looking sure. but still got that dimple from the 80s right that everybody liked a, a little goofy and so relies on snark and comedy more than um than John Hamm has has to. Yeah. Um I mean, people have people have have mentioned when talking about this John they Hamm. called him smug that his not just the show but like his his they use that word when they talk about his comedic style. Chevy Chase. Uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it reminded me I was trying to describe it to some of my family. And of course it reminded me of Christmas vacation because it's the only Chevy chase movie that I've seen many times. Mm -hmm. I watch it almost every year at Christmas. And I said, I said, imagine the parts in Christmas vacation where Chevy chase is talking and then he continues talking, but lower, like he's not whispering, but he's talking to his great uncle in law or whatever on his wife's family. It's like, can I get you anything, Lewis? Uh, beer, eggnog, <laughs> drive you out to the desert and leave you for dead, whatever the line is. Right. Um, and I was like, that kind of stuff is a little bit what Chevy Chase is doing through this whole movie right. in Fletch. Like he's he's given somebody a name, and then they ask him again, and he gives him a different name. Um, 
which they do once in the new one in John Hamm. I think I think there's only once where he gives somebody a fake name, and it's a little bit of a it, it's more of a nod to the original than um than anything that's part of his version of this character. Right. Um. So I guess I can start with some thoughts. I um. Kind of mixed on this one. I'm, I'm hard. It's hard to, to think about what, how I thought about this, and even as I was watching it, um, mm-hmm. because I, I guess the best, the best um, word I could use to describe how I felt about this show as I was watching it was confused, um, because I, di- I didn't know what it was, <laughs> what it was trying to do. I think about halfway mm-hmm. through Fletch, the first one, um, I realized that oh, this is a movie for Chevy Chase by Chevy Chase of Chevy Chase like kind of like it's yeah. just his uh, and then later on when I read some people's talk uh, reviews about it because even when it was over I still couldn't understand what I watched what what it, what it was that I could distill into like a review we're talking about a little bit like we watched back to school except um back to school felt like it had more story than right. this not a lot of story but a, just a little bit more and and I think that uh um, the, the actor on that one, like stepped out of his comfort comedy zone several times, uh, to have Dangerfield. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's playing a character that is not his stand up character. Correct. And right. he would always definitely interject his, his stand up comedy in there all over the place, but he was still dropping one liners nonstop, but his, his stand up persona is very, um, like not victimized, but you know. Just very like a, um, it's a secondary a part of, of a story be, type thing. Beleaguered, like he like he's always he's always suffering. Stuff's always going wrong for him. Right. And his character in Back to School was wealthy and confident and successful. Right. Right. It's different. Right. From so um, so in but in this one it was all the way through Chevy Chase. If Chevy Chase it was stand up, it's basically Chevy Chase. Like. All the way through, kind of. Th- there, there was no like I couldn't get a handle. I don't want to belabor this because I actually I wasn't a big fan of of Fletch one. Just just because mm. just because it was all over the place. I was a fan of it for thirty minutes, and then it got tired. Sure, like it, every yeah. it felt like a Saturday night skit that kept going on and on and on. Oh, that they made into a whole movie. Sure, right, right. and those. and and that you know he just he just kept doing the same bit over and over again where he's clueless he doesn't know what he's doing is this the main character is he doing things you know the whole bit with the uh the married woman hit the wife like is mm-hmm. he just trying to get in her pants is he trying to commit adultery or is he trying to solve this case trying you know is he trying to get a story i don't every time he interact with his boss i couldn't tell if he was actually trying to get a a good story out of this or what he like the whole time. I had no idea what the guy's doing. And in the end, I still don't think he knew what he was doing. I kind of think he knew what he was doing. Um, and then that carried on into confess Fletch with the same thing that like the whole time I, both of these movies, um, are the crime. Was it crime? Uh, whodunit or, or uh, type movies mystery 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 things and and they're both terrible at it like they're just absolutely there is at the end that the last 15 minutes of both movies they just tell you what the thing is and there's no connection because fletch doesn't know anything uh, with the exception of because fletch 
because um, he's not a he's not a reporter. I mean, he's not a detective; he's a reporter, right? And he's actually not good at doing investigative reporting either. Again, with the exception of uh, <laughs> Confess Fletch, he's not good at it. And that's what you find out. You find out he just falls into this thing. And in the first one, it's just very eighties wrap up ish. Like, well, the the sure. runtime's coming here. Chevy's got all of his jokes that he's got left done saying. Uh, we've played all the bits, so let's just wrap this up. And here's the here's the end. Um, Con- right. Confess Fletch had a much better ending, and that it spun it that he actually is super good. Um, when they did the reveal, well, I'm doing full spoilers here, so go away if if you haven't done it. <laughs> when they do the reveal on Confess Fletch, they do the whole uh, "you're an idiot, you don't actually you you don't matter to this story." We're just going to, cause they do dump it at you in the end with what happened. Right. With, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and he wasn't involved. And then at the last minute they do the, Oh, he was, he did it the whole time he was playing dumb. Um, right. And I, I liked that better. I will say, I, I really liked that ending. It, I was ready to say both of these suck. Cause I hate how they I hate the framework of, I, I like being able to figure out somehow and piece it all together at the end. That's the fun. Sure. And uh, and then and then when they showed this one, I was like, okay, good. They redeemed themselves. But the <laughs> the second movie, I could just see the script that was written with the same kind of comedy that Chevy Chase had, and John Hamm was not delivering the complete just improvisation that Chevy Chase did. Um. Right. It's just not, it's not for him. It's not his kind of dialogue. Um, it's fine, but they didn't right. really land very well. And then Chevy Chase did the opposite thing. Chevy Chase was just Chevy chasing it all over the place. So mm-hmm. I was mixed on, on both of those things. I think overall, I think I liked the second one better because I could actually follow yeah. what was happening, why things were doing as they were, why he was doing what he was doing. And then randomly Chevy Chase would show up on the beach as a, a completely makeup bum. And I don't know why, you know, I kind of know why. Yeah. But, um, cause he, he thought the cops were after him or he didn't want to get, cause he was undercover investigating drug, drug, uh, deal, whatever. Right. And they have a whole scene, drug activity on the beach, the whole chase yeah. scene with him. And then he, and then it goes on, he goes mm-hmm. into like a, a weird, dinner that i don't know what happens um and i'm like is this a comedy or is this a i didn't know what it was right um sure if if it was a uh um a ferris bueller not a ferris bueller uh, a, a, a christmas vacation thing with over the top characters but fletch was the only over the top character in all these uh he just felt like a crazy chaos machine put into a real world situation um, yeah, interestingly, I mean, maybe there were there were some others people on the beach or sure. um, one of the things they did that I noticed in the in the new one um, as a callback to the original is the like the female in the office has a man's name randomly. It's like it's not the same character as in the Chevy Chase version, but it's a different character who also has a man's name. It's just a random little little bit um and i think maybe the new one has more like more of the characters are like characters you know what i mean yeah like um, right you know john slattery is a little bit uh the guy with the 
boat who's a germaphobe right uh him a little bit the the s- slow motion detective guy and hit and grizz his uh i liked grizz the, i like, did like grizz they're they're both kind of, and of course the neighbor like all the care and well and marsh gay harden of course mm-hmm. hilariously calling him flesh flesh the whole time yeah um they're they're all more over top over the top than there were a couple of those in the original but it's pretty much all um chevy chase and so i think because john ham is not as strong in comedy as as chevy chase they have more like there's more comedy in the supporting cast than i think the original had yeah yeah i i agree i think marcia gay harden was the was the standout one on this one although i think what's her name I looked it up. Uh, L- Lorenza Iso, I think it's, that's the the uh, the female lead on the that girlfriend. One. She was pretty good, except yeah. her her accent was a little distracting because she's Chilean and actually mm-hmm. and not Italian. So she's Chilean not doing Italian, Italian speaking American. So it was right. it was very it was weird. <laughs> I and I noticed it, mm-hmm. but uh, Marcia Gay Harden was pr- fantastic. She was great, and they had a lot of other uh, comedian people in here with John Slattery and um, oh, uh, played Eve uh, Annie. Uh, I can't remember her last name. She was downstairs. The the the, um, the neighbor. The neighbor that didn't land well for me. The, those jokes they were really. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was an odd sequence. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, See, the sequence is the p- thing with this sh- this show. There were just tons of sequences that made it feel like skits, right? That didn't mm-hmm. matter. None of it mattered. He wasn't finding any more information out, or it wasn't. It definitely none on both both movies. Nothing was pertinent to the end, right? He sp- right. he spent so much time in the second one finding about the guy that like. Is lives in this house. Can't remember, Oliver. Can't remember his name was, um, mm-hmm. and all and found all this stuff. And he wasn't even relevant to the to the point at all. Um, and they hid so much stuff about the girlfriend until the very last end. That n- that just completely invalidated everything that happened in the first part. And then the second, the first movie had the same thing too, where he was going on with the police. Half the time he was doing a drug thing, but then he wasn't doing the drug thing. Mm-hmm. He was doing the the murder thing, which really wasn't a murder thing. It was just completely confusing from both movies. And I real I start so to to think that it's the, just uh, uh, vignettes is what you watch. Th- this is a spoiler, and I'm going to use vague terms to maybe make it a little bit less of a spoiler. But in the John Hamm version, the guy with the boat is the guy in the video. I guess that's not as vague as I thought it would be. It's the guy in the video. Okay, yeah, yeah, and they do the video. Yes, I knew that. Right, because um, because that that clears him. Right, the video is the ev- is the strongest, which is piece completely the, absurd because the there's detectives like half case. of a second of him pulling his arm away. Right, right, but that's how they know that it's not him. <laughs> Again, completely absurd. Right? Well, he's he's the prime suspect. Like that's the whole thing is him trying to get free of of suspicion yeah because he didn't do it right so so they they leap yeah. from one guy just pulling his hand away and the video for the last half a second to he murdered him but it's it just it's just none of it made sense to, to me and and i sure these kind of movies when i watch them i have to stand back and say i watch and enjoy a lot of movies and shows 
that are completely nonsense and they're just meant to be nonsense. Um, and I don't recognize that they're nonsense until it's after over or I'm halfway through it. Mm. Um, and that's the point of them. I think of things like Archer or Rick and Morty. Um, you know, you just, you're just on for the ride and you ha- hold on to Chevy Chase and you just watch it and enjoy it. <laughs> and sure. So that's where I came down on, on both of these, these shows was that, um, I don't know if they necessarily were for me because a lot of them didn't, uh, most of the jokes didn't land. And I think it was mm. primarily meant to be a comedy for 90% of it. Sure. Um, framed in a, in a whodunit, but then the whodunit is completely awful for both of those. So it can't be the whodunit <laughs> part. Um, sure. I would say I enjoyed, personally enjoyed Confess Fletch better. But if you're watching sure. this, for just the comedy, and you love Chevy Chase, then 100% the first one's the, the one you would want to watch. Yeah, that makes sense. And the one of the things I, I noticed a little more on a second viewing is Confess Fletch has that feel of a movie made during COVID. Oh, okay. Where there's more... I mean, they make direct references to it, but, like, you know, the there there's not a lot of cast in scenes together there is some i didn't realize that but it's a lot of like them in cars it's not as overt as some things that were made like in 2020 like i assume that this had most of its production in 21 i actually have no idea i'm just guessing at that right um and there were it's kind of funny subtle things like he's he's always listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. and they said they don't sound like us but they sound like you know just a couple people talking about the most random things. Um, that was funny to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I like his five I, stars thing. He kept, I think that uh, John Hamm's version of this character was much more, um, well, especially because the like, ending what, likeable? was likable uh, adept or capable, I guess. Competent. Competent. That's the word I was looking for. Well, well said. Um, yeah. In both cases, you see them doing, detective kind of stuff. detective is not a word, but you know what I mean. Um, but kind of badly, where you're like, oh, he's sliding down there. Boy, it's a good thing that window kicked open that way. It was worse in the Chevy Chase version, but um, uh, it's still like, oh, we're going to do this thing with these bottle rockets, and I really hope they hit where they're supposed to go, or just... <laughs> Just, you know, breaking and entering all over the place with no plan. and um, all, all of it felt like there was no yeah. plan at, at, at any way, which, yeah. which again, I think people who are screaming at the, their, their, their podcast earbuds right now are saying like, dude, you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's not supposed to be about the actual movie. It's just the bits. And, and I, right. Cause I think that this was quoted on, on the people who like, this is like an immensely quotable movie is what people, um, Okay. watch it for sure you know so that you can just quote sure. all the lines because chevy chase just rattles them off all over the place mm-hmm. um especially his like his names that he, he gives out and right he, it's like i couldn't imagine just talking to the guy he's he's got it had been a little bit frustrating he never says anything straight right right it's always at an angle yeah. um which is which is pretty great so coming you know at the end here wrap it up i don't know if i i'd recommend this to anyone um, <laughs> I, I, that sounds like a terrible thing. I when when I was sitting there when it was done, 
uh, and I had a little bit of time to reflect. I wanted to say that um, it wasn't a good movie, but I also wanted to, to stress that it also what that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Like, okay, it's not. It's not a. It's just not a movie that I'm going to go out and go say like, oh man, this one is great. There are some good one-liners, and maybe it's a movie night thing. Like it could be. It could fit for a movie night for sure. Um, yeah. When you're just barely paying attention, you don't really need to know what the threat is. You know. Uh, sure. I'm thinking Big Lebowski type stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, that this that the original Fletch would fit. The second Fletch, I'm not sure. Again, it's not a bad movie. I just don't know who I'd recommend it to. I mean, I think it falls in that same that same space. Like you could maybe watch it on your. I mean, you know, we watched it on our own, right. and there were thing there were things that I laughed at. I enjoyed it. I think just as you did, I enjoyed the new one more than the original. Part of that is knowing that Chevy Chase is not a great person. <laughs> yeah, right. Life. Yeah. That uh, doesn't help. Um, and I like John Hamm a lot. And so to see him in a in a kind of like, he's not bumbling, but he's also not super competent. Um, and and all of that stuff. It, but it is, it's a weird, um, I agree, it's a weird sort of like mystery comedy where the mystery is, again, just a, just a framing device for the characters in the comedy um, does make it a kind of uh, difficult thing to recommend. Yeah. Uh, again, not that it's bad. So I agree with people that. who love it, especially people who are Chevy Chase fans, probably <laughs> really love it. Right. And I'm not, sure, I'm not yeah. dissing on them. There's some movies that I'll just diss all over the place for. Um, but cause I, there's nothing, there's honestly, there was nothing I disliked about the movie. That's, that's I guess that's worth being yeah. said. There were yeah. There's never a th- time where I was like, man, I got to turn this off. It's just bad. I've, I've watched several films like that. Um, sure. Uh, wrapping this up at the end, the last thing I wanted to say is uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels all have commas in them. Okay, sure. So <laughs> I was just thinking about what, what other movies? Those, those are both... Uh, um, those are both... Uh, are, the, are those Oxford comma? No, it, good, it's, bad, and the it's, ugly. It's, has no Oxford comma. Right. It's the the thing about confess flesh Fletch is it feels like it's two sen- two sentences almost like confess Fletch. I don't know. It's not, but it doesn't feel like a, a title. So and neither does uh, neither does um, Lockstock. Lockstock. No, no, no Oxford. No, no Oxford commas in Hollywood. I guess. Yeah. But anyway, sex lies and videotape. How's that one? There, there there's another one. Um, both all, all examples of like, uh, um, titles that are lists lists. There you go. And confess Fletch is not a list. There you go. That's maybe that's what bugged me. Okay. Uh, I get next week. Um, yeah, I'm calling out Tron on this one. Tron. Now I don't the grid, the grid now digital frontier. We only have to watch one of these Dennis. So you get to pick. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm going to watch both because that's just that's just stupid me that I do all the time. Um, but which one are are you not the least interested in, <laughs> or, or would you would you be interested in watching Tron the, from the 1980s one or Tron Legacy? Um, I saw Tron Legacy in the theater, 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I've seen the original. Okay. Um Well, let's honestly, go back and watch the original then. I'll probably end up doing the same thing where I watch them both so we can compare. I remember um, uh, Legacy having a really good soundtrack in the theater. Yeah, I I I bought it on vinyl and listened to it many times. Oh, nice. I only watched the movie once. Oh, yeah. Because it's that's great, good. like, uh, you know, the Daft Punk stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Daft Punk was... And they're in that. Yeah, they're in the that club scene or whatever. I, yeah, I forgot about that. With, with their, uh, R.I.P. Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah okay cool so we'll officially if someone wants to watch with us watch uh, and talk primarily about the first Tron um, and uh, who's the guy it's the, the dude is in there I can't think of I always forget his name Jeff Bridges yeah Bridges is, is in both of them um, mm-hmm. so yeah, m- m- many decades apart from each other definitely not the dude um, cool so we will watch uh, that one hey we we didn't get to talk about months ago. It feels like the the Ant Man movie because I watched it and then you didn't, but you did watch it recently or semi recently. Yeah, it's 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 on streaming, so I watched it a couple weeks ago, what? kind of in bits and pieces, like during my work day and and so forth. Yes, yeah, that's a fair way to watch it. Um, I don't want to put this down because I think I've I've been on record as saying it's just very meh for my opinion, but. Did you think better of it than meh or right? Or is it worse? Um, I mean, in the world of MCU phase four films, it's not a high bar there, um, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a low bar. So it wasn't awful. Um, there was a lot of it that I thought was just kind of dumb. Um, <clears throat> Modoc. Modoc, yeah, I was struggling to think of his name, um, except when Cassie tells him it's never too late to stop being a dick. Mm-hmm. That was a funny line, right? Um, What'd you think of Cassie? This this third time casting of Cassie Lang. Um, she seems strong. Like, yeah, um, I agree. You know, whatever whatever is happening with with the future of the MCU, um, she is a a solid. Um, uh, actor in that role. I think they have to. Um, I think they're intentionally doing that, right? Like when they're picking these young people, I think Feige has got to be one hundred percent zeroing on us. Okay, we can't hire people. Maybe kind of planning in a way that I don't think they were in the earlier phases. Yeah. To, um, to have younger. I mean, in some ways, there are some like you know Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Um, especially Tom Holland, but you know, Chris Pratt was younger than um, Evans and Hansworth and, Mm -hmm. and Downey. Um, But, you know, even more, they seem to be skewing even more young, especially with the, the streamers. But as far as this movie itself, like it had some okay moments. I liked the, the sort of the thing with the, with all of the, the possible versions of him, Acting like ants, right? Like piling, piling up. Oh, I thing forgot about real, that scene. Oh goodness, real right. ants do. That's that's very early, um, not very early. It's kind of early in the movie. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. The story really kind of went all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Like here's this guy and he's here, but then 
the ants show up in the third act and you're like the ants have been here this whole time where have they been like yeah. i get it's the quantum realm but still and then i don't know something about it being just completely fantastical got exhausting a hundred percent agree yeah um like it at first it's interesting right it's like at in chang chi when they go to um whatever that place is called and you see the the creatures from chinese mythology um but that's almost the end of the movie you'd see a little bit of it at the beginning but then it's that's the third act this was the whole movie start to finish there's just weird shit everywhere right. on the screen um in a way that's like it makes me think of those youtube videos where you see them actually on on the green screen filming and they're just jumping and doing a bunch of ridiculous looking stuff because none of the visual effects have been added oh yeah 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 and it's like it's like what did this look like when they were filming just standing in an empty room because there's nothing real like the mm -hmm. entire environment um in a way that like guardians of the galaxy sometimes does but they still will like you know they'll be on the ship and the ship is just the ship there's no a bunch of weird stuff in the background yeah um yeah and yeah, I think that stuff made it harder to connect with. Not that I, you know, we talk a lot about sci-fi and fantasy and I have no problem with fantastical stuff, but there was just so much of it in this movie. Um, I mean, that, from early on all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the beginning. Yeah. Right. There's like, there's like five, 10 minutes of them in the normal world. And then they're in the quantum realm for the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. And, and you're right. It's all. A lot of it's outside in the quantum realm. Now, now that you kind of distill it to that, I'm I'm aware of that now. I think because I I call it the the Phantom Menace effect, where they're just walking sure. around on a you know they're walk you know they're walking around on a green screen, mm -hmm. and 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 I like the word exhausting. That, that's 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 a good word for this. That it felt like ugh, you know I just I don't know why that 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 does, but it just feels not right. Um, and. I don't know, just couldn't relate to the story or the people or the characters because it was just all this weird weirdness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a thing that I talk about often is how making a story, um, like a certain level of disconnect, can make a story more relatable. Sure. Right? It's I always say that about anime, but it's true for sci-fi and fantasy, especially. Like you distract people, or um, um, Jurassic Park, which is sci-fi um you know you're telling this mundane story about a guy who can't relate to kids but you get that emotional you know spielberg gets that emotional message through by di distracting your brain with dinosaur thriller stuff um but and so i you know just to to go back to the ant-man thing again not to disparage like doing things that are fantastical and and crazy like you know we both enjoyed the movie bell right right which has but it goes back and forth right, right. between the vr world and the real world and so you see like that that difference the difference between the girl whose name i can't remember in real life um and her avatar in the virtual world is part of the story yeah right so yes there's there's a lot of crazy fantastical things happening on the screen but it's not the whole thing it's not yeah. all the time and it's also animation which i think can make those things a little more um 
I say palatable feels like a weird word to use for that, but because this is live action, it's like I don't know. I imagine it's what like maybe what it might have been like to watch Space Jam as an adult, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you're like, is yep. is Michael Jordan just running around talking to nothing, talking it all right. the time, the whole time. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You, you know, I like actually I like your because I keep wanting to throw out Guardians because they're they're always in space in a fantastical world. They're the but, but, yeah. But you I mentioned mean, that I mean, they're on the ship the early, or they're in a, a early bar phases. Or, uh, the Guardians trilogy is definitely the, um, you know, the 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 MCU trilogy that has the most fantastic. Right. right? Obviously, there are there are fantastic visual effects. In almost all of them, um, but, Ant- but Ant Man was just clobbered with it. Just you know, every yeah. shot, every scene, and and you, you, like you said, with Guardians, they're they're on the ship, they're in the bar, they're in a, a room. You know, in in uh, Ant Man, they're when they go to even like they go to the bar, restaurant, whatever. It's on a balcony with all the stuff on the outside and everything. It's all mm-hmm. surrounded by the weird quantum realm constantly. So. It sounds like a, a small nitpicky thing, but it just, it really, I think, lessened the movie. Um, I thought the villain was pretty good. I think Jonathan Majors is a, a pretty good Kang. Um, interesting mm-hmm. overall. He's very villainous, you know. Uh, right. Well done. Um, I It's ambiguous I, in a way that, that Marvel villains often aren't, right? Where you're like, yeah. is he? Right. Like, obviously, uh, he's bad. He, he play, he, Yep. For what they know in this time with the with the you know, the people who are there that they're talking to and they're like, Yeah, we don't want him to get out, but you know, you're dealing with this multiverse stuff now where it's like, Well, is he is he bad? Is he you know, are the other ones worse? Like who's who's telling and it's I mean the downside to that is that it's another um it's another one of these Marvel movies where the the, the movie isn't the movie, right? Yeah. Like you couldn't watch this right. movie. You, I don't, I don't think you could watch this movie having just seen the other two Ant Man movies. Like Maybe. you need to know. I mean, um, I mean, because you, you won't know about Cassie, like, and the blip and any of that, or you know, sure. the the stuff with the Loki show to know who. Um, oh, the Loki is. show. You're right. You kind of need to know the Loki show with this one. For and sure. then, and then whatever happens with that story is coming next, right? It's the thing where in the early phases, they would just tease Thanos, right? They would talk about yeah. him. They'd put him in the tags at the end, but the, the guardian movie, the guardian, the first guardians movie was just about them. Like yeah. figuring out how, you know, what, whether they're still, whether their loyalties can hold through, you know, a, a difficult situation. And yeah. the Thanos stuff was just in the background where here right. it's the whole thing. Um, I, I will say, I think, and I'm way early on this one, but the, the worst thing that this movie did was finish this Kang uh, spoilers for my watching it. Mm. Like they, they, this is the best Kang. Like this is the comic book Kang. This is this is the 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 complex character that's actually a villain, but you know has a lot of complexity to him and is sufficiently powerful uh, and mighty and villain main villain worthy. 
Um, mm-hmm. But all the other Kangs that you've seen t- that they show in the, the post credits and the Loki version, they don't seem crazy intimidating or, or, you know, like uh, Thanos level type stuff. When, when we saw Thanos before infinity war, you know, he was uh, like Loki was talking to him and he was on this big, huge uh, altar type thing. And he was this intimidating guy that people talked about all the time. Right. It, it made right. you feel um, like Ronan talked about him being this, you know, powerful guy. And you felt before he ever was on the screen, how mighty he is. Ant-Man just showed the best, most mightiest villain of Kang. And now mm. what are they going to do? They're going to show Cowboy Kang. I don't, you know, don't know what they're going to, where they're going to go I, from here with this. I, I, don't, I don't have any thoughts on that. Cause I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, in, in, well, in the comic books, there's just one Kang. It's not like a, he's a time traveler. Mm. He's not a multiverse right. traveler. So it's a, right. it's a different thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's he, he was Jonathan Majors was good. This was a good Kang. Well done. Bravo. But he's I don't see him now as a Thanos villain unless this version lived. Then he could be like the maniacal leader of all the Kangs. Then that would be intimidating. Um, sure. But I don't know. I guess they, the outro was leading into uh, Loki 2, which is fine. Um, right. Did you see... Pivoting a little bit, did you see the new Guardians movie yet? I'm not sure yet. I see no. That. Okay. Mm-mm. I'll say we can't talk about that. Can't talk about that one. Um, it, it it doesn't have anything to do with Kang. By the way, there's there's no Kang in it. Um, spoiler, kind of for an uh, uh, absence of thing. But uh, this one, Ant Man had tags, and they were kind of relevant to the overall story of stuff. Guardians three tags have no real bearing on anything. They're just Mm. tags that you can completely skip and not care about. Um, Interesting. And that's very frustrating to me, like that you sit in a theater and they make people all the whole theater, people sit in a theater for something. Remember when tags Mm. used to mean something you see, like, (laughs) you know, they come out, Oh, that's Thanos. And Oh, that's whatever. That means it's going to Thor is going to be there or whatever. You know, now that's just like Mm -hmm. a a, a little extra joke of, of something kind of like the, I think it started with the, uh, the shawarma thing at the end of Avengers one, where it was just a little, pun jokey thing which was kind of fun once but mm-hmm. i don't want to sit through two outros and through these stupid credits to guardians has this i just i'll just say that much right anyway yeah so ant-man meh it's fine it did not do anything to help are we in phase five now is that officially i don't even know what phase we're in uh, uh well there's guardians isn't oh, there phases yeah, the face thing is weird. Isn't there, I feel like there's one more movie. I have no idea. I I, I, I thought that they were supposed to like marked by Avengers movies or something. But I mean, I there know, definitely has, has, hasn't been there hasn't been a big there hasn't been any kind of team up movie yet. Team but, up I mean, unless, or anybody acknowledging anyone else movie? Yeah. Yeah, except for um uh I mean the the Spider-Man and the and the Doctor Strange overlap a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah. But you know, uh Chang-Chi is almost completely in isolation. I don't know if we'll get the follow-up to that yet. Um 
With, Which is uh, unfortunate. They should have been working on that right after the first one, because it was the first one was so good. Yeah, I mean, I mean not I that it was like crazy, are, crazy good, but, but it was, it was, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Mar- Marvel's still suffering from uh, I don't care syndrome. Like mm-hmm. none of the movies, none of the movies that I can think of, I care. Like I, except for Spider Man, the, the the recent Spider Man was awesome. It's also Sony and not necessarily Marvel, and he's never going to be he's never going to be anything more than a side character, you know. Right in the MCU, yeah. in the MCU. Um, so all the rest of the MCU stuff, I just I can't even think. Now they're talking about Phase Four. I can't even think. We got Ant Man. We've got all the the TV stuff. I like Kamala, but she's TV stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I can't even think of other oh, things that that's, that I cared about. That that's a movie. The Marvels. The Marvels, yeah, that looks that's fun because Kamala is amazing. That's that's a crossover, right? It's going to be Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and WandaVision. Um, uh, yes, Monica, Monica Rambo. Yeah, uh, I have some I don't hopes know if, for that. I don't know if that's I, think... a, I don't know if that's an an end of a phase thing or or not. I don't. I don't know. It it feels just like a Captain Marvel story, but. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say I have hope for that one because the actress that plays Kamala Khan is pretty great. And Kamala Khan mm-hmm. is pretty great. And what Monica Rambeau and Carol Danvers need in the MCU is some sort of levity, some sort of interesting thing that makes them likable. I think both of them aren't yeah. very likable people. Right. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Monica that I've seen her enough. I think didn't she show up in something else? She was in WandaVision like the whole time. Right. They established her in WandaVision. And she was very forgettable, I've... I think. Um she's a very small part, right? That's yeah. that's one of those um like we're going to establish this character but here like they did with the girl in uh, Wakanda Forever. Well, she she kept she kept. Oh, see, forgot that about that movie. She kept uh, and throughout WandaVision, she kept being like the um, one of the um, federal people trying to figure out what's going on in the inside. But honestly, none of that matters. Like nothing on the outside of the bubble mattered to WandaVision. The only thing that mattered to WandaVision what was happening inside the bubble. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. And and Wanda coming to terms with her stuff and vision and and their great acting and their great story. Uh, you could actually take everything about the federal people out of the movie and it and it doesn't doesn't matter. Um, so and, and that includes Monica and Monica was just not a very interesting character. Uh, not that they can't do better with her. It's different hands, you know, uh, sure. and not that she can't be great or the actress can be great. But I just think that she was uh, fairly, fairly forgettable. And, you know, I'm on record with saying that. Carol Danvers is not a totally likable character in the MCU. Uh, so hopefully adding in a spark of really levity and fun, and maybe you need a, a plucky sidekick, right? Right. Right. Bring, that, uh, bring what's her name back um, from two broke girls. Oh yeah. 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 She, see, she was a plucky sidekick. It was her great. Name. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's a Jane Foster's plucky sidekick. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you know, I whatever years pass. Like I, I 
you know, thought against this when Star Wars, when new Star Wars stuff was happening. I was like, people want Star Wars. Why not make as much Star Wars as you can, as you want? But, and a few years ago, I would hear people, you know, see people online or whatever, saying that there are too many superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And there's just, too, I mean, there's stuff that I completely forget, like Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Right. right? My my nieces loved Moon Knight, and I'm like, I cannot remember anything about that show. Right. That's like weird, like a, a multiple personality disorder kind of thing. And there's a moment where she saves a little girl, and the little girl's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? Like, that was cool. Yeah. But, like, all this stuff with the plots and the Egyptian gods and... And all this stuff, and that's just one. There's, you know, there was Falcon, and there was Loki, and WandaVision, and yeah, Thor, Thor, much. Love and Thunder, and yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. I I will go on record with this topic and say that the same thing I say with video games. It's it's not about um, the quantity that you put out, or or that you should just t- do one every ten years or whatever it might be. I I seriously think that you just gotta you just gotta do a thing that's worth doing. Like, have a story yeah. that's a good story. Don't put out a Thor movie because, well, we need another movie, right? Or, we need or another. It's it's quality over quantity. Yeah, right. Right. We don't we don't need to have a a Marvel and MCU thing all the time. Well, here's the thing: we could, right? and, and it's totally it's fine like that one we one to we the do. next, right? To the next, like if they could all be good and great, like I don't believe that's possible well but, see see here's the, here's um, the thing is that they have going on almost 100 years worth of content and only about half of those are good content right it, maybe let's just say 40 percent right. is good content but that's 40 years of good content they have good stories and they're not mining them fox and i had a big conversation about this earlier mm. uh, this week is, is that how there are so many good stories and they're what they're doing is that I don't know what's happening with this phase is that they're just putting it in the hands of different writers and different directors and saying, you do your own thing. I think it's because of stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy just totally flipped things on their heel, like took a took a thing with sure. loosely sourced material and made their own stuff because the director did it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. But they just and then obviously Ragnarok did the same thing. Um, but. It's they just took the, all the MCU and have done that exact same thing when they they really shouldn't they should go back to what they did with Iron Man Captain America Thor and the original stuff and say let's make movies based on these things I mean even the Infinity Gauntlet stuff is structured on the comic the good well done comic book stories and then they say now how can we take that story and make it into a good movie right with changes that need to be changed sure. for cinema and and whatever instead they're just making terrible ant-man quantumania movie and you know (laughs) things thor love and thunder that takes like two breadcrumbs from the entire loaf of bread from gore the the god butcher and then destroys it makes its own stupid movie so you can make two superhero movies every year marvel movies but just start with the good stories because you have them don't put right. them out because you just need to put two Marvel movies out, you know. Yeah. And you, and in that case, for your your point, I would rather not see anything. I would rather see one 
every three years. If you've got nothing, you've got no movies, no no or sorry, no stories, no good thing worth seeing. I would rather not see a crappy movie. And it it's it seems like a particularly bad combination to have now I mean it seems like a good idea from a business standpoint. Of course it does. Of course to it does. to set up set up your universe in a way where everything connects, where you can't watch the big movie everybody raves about, you can't watch unless you've seen everything. And it's not I'm being reductive, right? But okay. but people who don't know are like, Can I can I watch Endgame? That's well no, it's a part two, so you have to watch Infinity War. Like, am I gonna know what's good? Absolutely, you are not. If you just if you've never seen a Marvel movie and you turn on Infinity War, of course, you're right. gonna be completely confused. Yeah. Um. And and it's not like Star Wars. You know, in the 70s, people watch Star Wars. The, the, Star Wars starts out with nonsense, right? If you've never right. seen it, but it is eventually explained. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a style of storytelling. But Infinity War is never going to. There's too much in that movie. It is not going to explain who any of these people are. No, I mean that's um, yeah, that's that's you don't start. And so yeah, and so they've set up this film franchise this way, where now people think, which is not universally true, but they think that to be part of the conversation, they have to watch everything, and now they are making so much content that. I think they're just going to lose people. Yeah, yeah, because they they don't they didn't need to put out all the things that you mentioned. They didn't need to put out Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel and this and Thor's and those, you know, all all, all at the same time unless they were worth it and good and had some things that compelling type stuff. And let's be honest, nobody sets out thinking that this is not going to be a good show or movie, right? Sure. They they I'm I'm sure they honestly think Thor Love and Thunder will be fantastic. But I don't know. I I I watch things like Quantumania and Thor: Love and Thunder, and I honestly think that they did not have a story going into this, and they just let the the creatives, I mean, Air Square, the creatives make up stuff. Um, sure. And I know that's the producers. That's Feige putting faith in people. Sure, but what has made Marvel good is their good stories that they foundation they, they yeah i mean there's there's a difference between putting faith in someone to say like here's what we have make something cool out of this if you have you know you have an idea you have a vision you know i think that gets you guardians one yeah or even even thor ragnarok but i think in some of these cases they're saying okay we have this character um uh scott lang and we want to get or you know we've got we've got Scott Lang, we've got Cassie, we've got Kang. We we need to get those characters from where they are now to we get we need to get them from point A to point B. Yeah. And you director and writer of this movie of this Quantum Mania, you you connect those dots. Right. Yeah, and, and and I think they need to have a script before they greenlight something. Like now when they come out on stage at San Diego Comic-Con, they're like, here's what we're having for the next five years. Here's all the movies. And I guarantee they don't have stories for those. Right. You know, they're just like, we need another Black Panther movie. So Mm -hmm. here's a character and here's a character. Make a movie. 
you know, like, right. Oh God, you know, don't put a black Panther movie out unless you've got content for a black Panther movie or a Thor movie or whatever it is. I don't care what the, the, you know, you're just, uh, the thing is, is that sure. They bring in money as they will, yeah. but you're ruining all of the stuff, right? You're ruining the MCU <laughs> and the stories and the whole big stuff. And, and you're right. You're just proving people with the, the term superhero fatigue, right? You know, there, there's not a superhero mm-hmm. fatigue as long as you're putting out good movies. Star Wars has d- done the same exact thing. You know, they're just, um, don't put out a book of Boba Fett just because Boba Fett's cool. Unless you've got a story and a script that's amazing for Boba Fett, you know, right. Every transformer movie, you don't need another one unless you've got a good script. Um, so yeah. And anyway, that's MCU complaint over, um, Right. Guardians was better than I will say, in my opinion, better than Ant Man. Um, but as time wears on, as I think it's been a week or so since I've watched it, um, I find less that I care about that movie. And I'm a rewatcher, so things that make me want to watch a movie again, uh, kind of put it higher on the bar of what I think is good or not. Um, sure. But right now, Ant Man is available. I think on Disney Plus. I don't really yeah. care to turn it on because there's nothing in there that I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We got a little bit of time left here. Um, we want to. You want to uh, give a call to our to our uh, uh, our new friend for Fourth Down Game. Um, here on the show. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good spot before that, and then we'll come back. Maybe have. One more topic before we wrap up. All right. We have a guest with us on the show. This is Harrison. Um, He has designed a new game that he wants to tell us about. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How's it going, Harrison? It's good. I'm pumped to be here. So you've got a couple games out. Like, you've already got one under your belt. And and you're a, I don't want to say young fellow, because you're not young, but you're on the on, for for game developers go you're on the younger side uh can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like how'd you get into making games yeah so i've just loved games my whole life and i would always just love playing them with my friends and family for really as long as i can remember yeah and then also at a, a pretty young age i i wanted to start creating games and so i created a whole bunch that i just play and most of them were so painfully boring or just didn't work (laughs) that I could never get anyone to play them with me. But I created one game. It was a card game that was just on pieces of cut up printer paper and that I just play. And this is, I I think around when I was 12 or something like that. And then that slowly morphed into what is now elevator up and which has then been, sort of reskinned for football fans as fourth down, which I just launched on May 10th. Nice on Kickstarter, right? Yes. On Kickstarter. And I used to, I had a, I think it was like a junior in high school. I believe I, I, I was real big into, cause we, we played games all the time and I used to um, like make little games. It was more like with dice or something that we would have some D twenties or whatnot, something I could transport to school and, you know, play with, play with buddies. Um, I, I didn't take it anything further than that. So this is pretty awesome that, you know, you took it from 12 years old and then held on to it and they're like, Hey, let's make this thing real. What, what, uh, 
how did you make something real? Like elevate when you did elevator up, it's a thing that I'm going to go on Amazon right now and order it elevator up guys. Look at, look at it right now. And you can see that it's up there. How, how did you like make it a real thing besides just with your friends and family? Yeah. So I started working on it when I was around 16. That's when I started working on the designs because at the same time, I've also, I was also getting into graphic design and I also always wanted to create my own product and business. I was like, uh, went hand in hands with like creating my own games. I just love to make stuff. So it's the same sort of idea. And so I could combine them both into one, sort of how I saw it. So I started working on it casually whenever I'd have some free time. And then I realized I had these designs and I wanted to do something more with them. So from there, I then got the prototypes made and then did a first print run of just 250 decks and just put all of my savings into it just from working out odd jobs and i decided to to launch a little test run on amazon and so this was uh when i was 17 in june 2020 during the covid pandemic and then eventually you know i started working really hard and eventually started catching on a little more and then a few years later now now we're here very cool. I spent 2020 with Dennis playing Valheim with our friends. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you actually made productivity. It's been a little more productive. Yeah. Um, so, so you've been a, well, it sounds like a businessman kind of since you were a kid. I mean, it, I, that's not, not like a full business, business person, but it sounds like it's kind of been in your, in your bones, but you're also a gamer. What kind of, what kind of games do you play? Well, of course I do love my own games, but <laughs> the game, the games I've been really enjoying more recently I'd say also, so since starting college, because now I'm a college sophomore, uh, the games I've been playing more recently have been geared towards like me and my friend, like how we've been interacting and socializing over games, because that's such an important part of it. And so I found that we've been playing a lot of like code names and also more of like the uh, sort of less immersive games, the ones that sometimes fade a little bit more to the background and really let the socialization shine more recently, mm-hmm. which has been, which has been really nice because I think sometimes that's what you look for in games is you just need a background activity for a socialization and yeah, it's sure. nice for the games to sort of not take the full, um, like sort of dominate the activity. Um, yeah. Uh, do you do a lot of, um, Social deduction games like, uh, I mean, everything gets compared to gets compared to Among Us now, but like uh, like a love letter and um, with like trader mechanics and things. I haven't tried love letter, but I, I want to check it out. But I think we've been playing. So I said code names. Also, a lot of games with just the a regular fifty two card deck in terms of card games. I oh, think sure. that it's just there's an infinite number. I also love poker, so that's always mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and all the different variations of rummies. And oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poker's like the ultimate game where you're all, you're you know it's more people than the actual mechanics of the game itself. Yeah, hundred percent. Dennis did bring up a good game. I would I would check out Love Letter just so you can play with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it is it is a game that's small it's cheap like you mentioned like a 52 card deck type thing you know having something you can just pull out and play and you don't need to do anything but like hang out with friends and it does kind of 
you fade in the background and play a little thing and chat uh, along the way. That's that's a good one. Sounds great for for card game. And you have card games here, so so I would recommend that. So let's talk about your new one though, uh, Fourth Down. So uh, you started that this last week on Kickstarter. So what kind of game is it? And give us a little bit of how you play it. Yeah. So it's called Fourth Down, and as you mentioned, it's now on Kickstarter, and you play. Uh, so it's different from some of the other card games that you might have played before because it's actually played in three phases that each player gets to move through at their own pace. And the object of the game is to be the first player out of cards. And there are two types of cards, yards and special cards. So the yards go from 10, 20, 30 yards, etc. And then uh, special cards each have their own special function. So there's uh, fumble, timeout, uh, interception and touchdown and yeah. they do different things like skip a player's turn push like the previously played card onto the next player um, uh, get rid of the whole discard pile and eliminate it from gameplay so they add a lot of texture to it and so going back to those three phases is the, so the object is to be the first one out of cards so you're discarding cards from your hand every turn and so the three phases are first there are the cards in your hand second there are cards face up on the table and third cards face down on the table and so they add a different level of strategy into it because when you're playing first with just the cards in your hand only you can see those cards and when you play with the cards that you've set up face up on the table everyone can see what you have so they know what they can play which will affect what you can oh, play. Yeah. And then the last mm, phase is sort of, it's, it's pure luck of the draw because it, you flip one over when it's your turn and that's the card that you played. And if it's a legal move, then it's like really exciting. And if it's not, then you'll have to pick up the whole discard pile again and then work with what you've got. So it can throw some real twists got and it. turns into it. But I found that the, that like final end uh, that's just up to chance really ends up leveling a lot of the playing field for players that maybe got a huge advantage in the beginning it allows for players to catch up and still try to be able to beat them hmm. yeah i thought I, I thought that too i was watching watching your video on that and i, and I saw that like my first instinct was like oh i don't know if i like the randomness uncontrollable thing at the end but then as i was watching you kind of play through it and ex- explain it um i thought that Oh, you know, this, this is a, you know, you're supposed to accept the fact that you're going to pick up some cards at the end, but hopefully you get rid of one or two of your face down cards and then everybody's going to do that type thing. Is this, is this a, it's a multiplayer game, right? Not just, not just two. Yeah. It's two to five. Yeah. Yeah. The middle phase, it's, it's, it's not surprising you mentioned poker earlier because the middle phase with the face up cards reminded me of Texas Hold'em where there's some hidden information, some public information and people have to kind of uh, plan their strategy around that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And that's also something I really love about fourth down mechanics is um, it you can really put in as much strategy as you want to, but you can still have fun either way. So if you're either a very strategic player or just feeling like in a strategic mood or not, then you can put in a lot of strategy. There's even elements of counting cards and trying to predict 
what mm-hmm. people's face down cards are and, you know, trying to figure out the order of, you know, what really is the best card to play strategically in the order of events. Or you could just sort of take each move turn by turn and just see what happens and still have fun because it's a fast paced, exciting game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the, 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 the fast pace. And I also like that you commented earlier about it being a background type thing. It's that social lubricant, type, what they say. It feels like a game that we would have. Um, we, we have a thing where we visit with our friends on. Uh, we'll go to the, uh, our favorite bar on, on Thursdays and have a beer after work. And we will pull out a quick, easy card game. And it's not about playing the game because we're just sitting around like a, a table, a small table. It's about just, you know, still talking while playing cards randomly. This feels like one of those games that I could have. And I think it's priced appropriately. Uh, your Kickstarter shows to get one, it's like 10 bucks. That's pretty, that's that's the right price for a nice, easy social lubricant game yeah. like this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's $9 on Kickstarter for just one game with free shipping uh, in the U.S. And then that's just for the Kickstarter. Then on Amazon... I sell elevator up for twelve ninety nine, also with free shipping. Right, right. That that sounds like very correctly priced. All right, so we'll uh, we'll not hold you too much longer. But I got I got a question. So you're you're uh, what's the future look for like for you for game design? You've got two under your belt already. You're already you know experienced with one. You got a second one right in the in the hot and heavy zone. Are you thinking about it anymore? You said that you had Elevator Up going for a long while in your back of your head. Are you still thinking about making games? You got anything else in the future? After oh, yeah, this? 100%. So I, fourth down I, is, that has to be my main focus right now because I have to get that off the ground, both sure. get like getting the Kickstarter fully funded and then uh, getting it launched on Amazon and in retailers in September. But I still can't keep myself from thinking about games and I've been thinking about different variations of these same mechanics that I've seen have been, you know, really well received and I think are really strong, but I've also been thinking of some new mechanics and some new style games, both card. And I've started thinking a little bit more about board games, but I personally am much more of a card game person. Uh, Especially recently Mm -hmm. I've been, a lot more of a card game guy. And so I definitely have a few more ideas of different things I can do there. Awesome. I, you know, it takes, there's a difference between a lot of people have ideas and thoughts and they'll just kind of play it on their own and then taking action and turning that into a reality. And, and that takes a, another side of the brain. It's the business side, right? (laughs) That you actually have to think about the logistics of how do I do this? What's the next step? What's the, yeah, and then and then not just thinking about it, making it happen. Um, and it's good to hear that you've already done that with your first game at such a young age, and now you're onto the second game, uh, which is fantastic. And I, I don't have advice in this field except to say that you know don't be afraid to fail. Um, if something doesn't work, it's great that you're already. It sounds like you're on a on a good footing going forward here, and um, I'm sure you'll get good support going forward. Um, but in the future, just keep keep them coming. You know, never, never stop being creative and pushing forward with it. You know, I think that's pretty awesome. Well, thanks for coming. I appreciate having you on the show. Tell us again how we can, what do we search for if we're going on to, over to Kickstarter or um, on Amazon for your other games? Yeah. So if you go over to Kickstarter, you can just search fourth down 
or you can go to playforthdown.com and the link is right there. And then on Amazon, you can just search Elevator Up uh, and it should come right up. And then, yeah. We'll put links on our on our uh, our show notes on our website. Awesome. Well, th- again, thanks for coming on, Harrison. Really appreciate it. Look forward to your future games. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. No problem. Have a good one. You too. Okay, so what what else we got here? Uh, this week, man, um, Sydney got the new Legend of Zelda game, like Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom or something like that. I, yep. T- terrible, terrible experience at my local GameStop. Um, I'm a, kind of a supporter of local brick and mortar stores. Uh, this was the one pre-order pickup that has officially driven me out of that um, thing. I'm fine with ordering everything from Amazon from here on out. But um, I picked it up and Sydney has been doing nothing but playing that game. And I hear her about every hour say like, oh, that's so cool. Or that's so (laughs) much better. I like this so much. It's only been like three days or some kind of thing. And she is just just absolutely nonstop playing that game and loving it. So don't have a review for it. But from the reactions, she's loving it. Uh, What have you been doing the last couple of weeks? I I bought that game too. Oh, you did? Um, Okay. Yeah, uh, I, as I said before, I I played probably like 10 hours of the original, and then, I don't know, I just didn't start it up for a long time, and yeah. so I loaned the, the card to my um, nieces and nephew. Yeah. But then our friends were all talking about the new one. Nintendo did vouchers, a voucher sale, right, where yeah. you can, you get two for 100. Okay. Right, so they're, they're $50 each, and then... You can use those. I used one of those to buy the new Zelda, which I think retail is like seventy. So expensive now. I mean, it's fine. Um, it's, it's appropriate, but yeah, the, it'll. I mean, obviously, it'll sell at that. But I'm yeah. like, I'll get it fifty. Only downside is it's digital, so I can't like loan it or or give it away to anybody when I'm. Oh when yeah, I'm yeah, right, it. yeah. But, um, so I played that a little bit. Like I said earlier, I was with family all weekend, so I didn't. I haven't gotten to play much. All our friends are way ahead of me now um but it's it's fun it's the same you know the similar vibe similar i think the the graphics are probably better than the original but again it's been a while since i played breath of the wild um and it just has a lot of that kind of open world stuff i think one of the first um powers because you do the like powers is like magnets and stuff in breath of the wild in Tears of the Kingdom, one of the first powers you get is the ability to, like, pick up and stick things to other things. Okay. Right, which sounds sounds really, like, random, but you can, um, um, like, there's water, and it takes stamina to swim, but there's a big um, plank, like a door, or you can cut down trees and stick some logs together and put a... Um, this like fan, which is part of the story. It's like ancient technology. You Spoiler. stick this fan on it, and then you. I mean, this all this stuff happens after the prologue, like within the first twenty okay. minutes. Yeah, sure. Um, and th- then you've got a raft, right? And the fan will push the raft across the water, and that's just mm-hmm. a really simple example. You build bridges and stuff, and so the world is a little more. It feels a little more like um, sandboxy in that way okay um though it's still not it's not minecraft right there are still places you that are just not accessible at this point just like 
older Zelda games where you're like, oh, later I'll have this ability, this boomerang or or grapple hook or whatever, and then I'll be able to get to that. Oh, I, yeah. Um, I love those mechanics in games, I do. That's a classic kind of, it yes. keeps you exploring in an open world. Um, but so, yes, but you like it so far, I mean, with the limited time that you've yeah, had it, yeah. I mean, I mean like, like you said, it hasn't been out a week yet, yeah. um, and I haven't gotten to play it that much, so I don't have any more uh, yeah. details. Well, I, I just point. know that uh, Sydney does not allow me to look at any screens, because you know, she knows I still want to play the first one. Um, mm. and, and she won't let me, she won't talk about any of it. Cause she's like, it's all spoilers. It's all this. And uh, the only thing she has told me, she says that there are some mechanics that you don't like that are still in the second one. I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, no big deal. There's nothing in breath of the wild that I like to test. That makes me not want to play the game. Uh, I think she's, right. I think what she's alluding to is that there's still durability loss of weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's still a thing. Um, though the, the weapon system is different than it was and i don't know i think there's some mechanic that that mitigates that a little bit but i've not gotten that far yeah i'm i'm, I'm not not a fan of games that like your weapon breaks all the time you gotta get a new weapon and then just have 15 of you know master sword plus ones or whatever they might be right um, yeah I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know who thought that was a good plan but whatever you know yeah um so anyway she's playing it so what else have you been up to this last week um Let's see. So I I watched a series uh, that our buddy Fox recommended to me. Um, it's on Paramount Plus. It's called The Offer. Okay. Um, it is about the making of The Godfather. Wait, wait. You're watching a show on Paramount Plus that's not Star Trek? Right, I, right. Well, I didn't know people I, subscribed to that <laughs> thing without that. Okay. Sorry, right, my bad. Right. Well, I had it still from Picard and Star Trek is coming okay. soon. So, um. Yeah, it's it's about the making of The Godfather, which is a much okay. more it's it's a little bit some of it seems a little bit um um embellished. Okay. Um of course, it's, but, it's made for for a movie or a show. Right, right. It's 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 made for a show, but I think even the even the parts of the story that are true are more interesting than I realized. Like there's all this controversy with actual battalions and actual mafia you know guys saying that there's no such thing as the mafia um around the creation of this movie and like frank sinatra is against it you know because it because it is derogatory toward italians right oh yeah um and there's a lot of good actors in it the lead um which i didn't even realize uh, my sister pointed out to me the lead is the guy who plays goose's son in uh, oh, top gun maverick man, i I do not like that actor but i liked him in top gun so maybe he can be good he's a little like he's the protagonist so you're getting the story from his point of view miles but, teller is that his name miles teller My, miles teller but he is he's sometimes not very likable so it like he he plays this character really well um who else uh matthew good who is in downton abbey uh colin hanks Tom Hanks's son, hmm. um, Juno Temple, who's uh, Keeley from from uh, oh, like her, uh, yeah, Ted, Ted Lasso, but she's American, so she's doing an American accent. Oh, weird. Okay, <laughs> kind of, kind of hilarious and and a little off putting, right? Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. It it has um, it reminded it, it gave me similar vibes to Mad Men, just because of the time period. 
and the fact that a lot of the people involved, right? You've got um, the producer, Miles Teller, is playing uh, Albert Ruddy, Al Ruddy. And then there's um, Robert Ev- Bob Evans, who was head of Paramount at the time. You've got Francis Ford Coppola, Mario Puzo, who wrote the book. Um, just a lot of big personalities. You know, it's at a later point, there's, you know... Um, um, uh, Marlon Brando, right? Who was a well-established. He's the he's the Alec Guinness to the Godfather, right? Like, oh yeah, so yeah. many of the you know you've got young casts and and Al Pacino was basically nobody, so like a stage actor when they find him. Um, but it was good. Um, you know, I have a kind of affection, respect for the Godfather, so to see all this stuff behind the scenes. Um, and just, it was just very well made. Like they don't, there are a lot of things, I think because the movie is so iconic, they sort of assume that most people watching this are familiar, are familiar with, um, the final result. Yeah. And so they, they do a lot of things where they're filming a scene, but the camera stays on the crew, like the director and the crew while while we're just maybe hearing a little bit of the scene but it's still not the actual scene like maybe just some sound effects and stuff like that because you know it's it's assumed that you can picture it and so we just see their reactions to the actors acting okay um which is which is good but i enjoyed that a lot nice um what else I, I'm, maybe I should look into to what's on my Paramount Plus subscription. What, 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 I should, <laughs> what yeah, else is yeah. there on on CBS that, that, that's worth? Yeah, yeah, Strange right, New World right. comes out in another another month or so. So yeah, I've got time. Another month. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched the Tetris movie. I don't know if we talked about that. A mm, little bit. Um, it was all right. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't expect a lot out of it. It's it's even more like embellished and hyped than than the offer. Um, because yeah. there's, there's some interesting story in that story, like in the, in the actual historical events. Um, but I don't, I don't think there was quite enough to build a whole movie on. And so a lot of it is, is just really, you know, um, padded yeah. with, with some action and things. Right. I, I can't, can't imagine there was a lot of action for that actual real life game thing, but yeah. Right. It's, you know, it's pre- pre Berlin wall, but very uh, Berlin wall coming down, but, but very close to that. And so it's like the, the uh, unique challenges of the culture of, of Russia at the time, the Soviet union at the Mm. time. Right. They had to have something to play there in Siberia in the winter. Right. Right. Why not Um, And I'm listening to a book, an audio book called console wars. I'm about halfway through it. Um, Have I I've heard of that. It's a book? It's it's a book. It's the story of um Sega and Nintendo in the late 80s early 90s, like when they released the Genesis and the Super Nintendo came out. I think I own this book but haven't read it yet. I just did, It's not did, bad. Did a Google the, the cover. The writing is a little rough because he jumps back and forth between like essays about actual events. And then drops into like a narrative storytelling between real people. Um, 
and it's an interesting story. I just don't think the book is super well written. I think it needed better editing. Hmm. Um, yeah, but that just might be me. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of story and a lot of characters, and you know, who come in and like, oh, you need to you need to understand this character. We're gonna. It mostly focuses on Sega, but then there are whole sections where they're like, here's this guy who is from this country and got hired to do this for Sony after they bought um, Columbia Records and uh, CBS or whichever, like where where Sony Music and Sony film mm. came from like were, yeah. were acquisitions right and then like their the first version of the playstation was supposed to be a peripheral for the super nintendo ah. Ah. and then and then um you know some old guard guy at nintendo uh decided to go with philips instead like a different hardware manufacturer because they thought Sony would be too much con- competition because it's it's all this stuff about after the the video game crash in 83 mm-hmm. where the market like the market was just flooded with um crappy Atari and, oh, and right. yeah. PC games um like Nintendo survived because they were so strong in Japan but then coming into the mid 80s they basically had a f- monopoly on video like Outside of PC, Nintendo had a had a stranglehold on so many aspects of the market. I believe that. Um, but anyway, I'm about halfway through the book, and it's it's interesting. I'm I'm definitely looking for this point in my in my life for a new book to pick up. I'm uh, looking forward to the second new Dragonlance book that will come out in hmm. several more months. But I need I need one in the middle for this summer to sit down because I I'm realizing for my for my uh, coffee morning coffee cafe uh visits that i'm just like tooling around with crappy iphone games and i need i need a book <laughs> to read so maybe i'll look into that one right and can... yeah i mean it's it's a topic i think you would find super fascinating sure so. sure i do i do i do love those kind of behind the scenes ish type history gaming things yeah so. yeah that's cool well i think we did we did a lot man we had a lot here saved a couple of lives with the new stuff we got yeah. it all up. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 297. Ooh, coming up 300 soon. Three more. It's com- coming coming up. Um, thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out for, for reviews on things. Um, our buddy Fox probably has some thoughts on Quantumania. I think he's watching um, um, Fast and the Furious 10 now or something like that. Fast, fast 10. I can't believe... Well, I've not really looked at marketing materials, but I can't believe I've not seen or heard anyone but me say, fast 10 your seatbelts. Oh, aren't you funny, Dennis? <laughs> it's such an obvious pun. I'm like, where's... Terrible. Fast, Worst. Fast X is the marketing say, <laughs> the Roman numeral, because that franchise is allergic to ever using the same naming scheme for... <laughs> any two of their movies that has to be some something they're allergic to a time. lot of things that franchise all right right uh what did i say uh email if you want to reach out to us um for suggestions or anything like that uh that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or if you go to our website frontporchpodcast.com we have contact forms there um as i said earlier i'll have links to uh, uh the first down kickstarter 
um, first down, fourth down. Fourth down. Um, what didn't I say? If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.